unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, you really got my emotions ramped up last week, and I'm excited for this week's episode. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and uh, let you take it from here. Okay, great. Thanks, Nathan. So let's talk about law enforcement. Maybe not our favorite subject, but detectives today have a powerful tool in their toolkit. DNA analysis, and except for identical twins and maybe future human clones, every person's DNA is unique as far as we know. So at a crime scene, if there's a drop of blood or hair, a small piece of skin, or any other number of tiny pieces of a person's body, the detective who finds the DNA has struck gold. And that's because DNA leaves clues. Now, there's another kind of DNA that you might not have heard of yet. It's called breakthrough copywriting DNA. And this kind of DNA leaves clues too. For example, the first type of breakthrough copywriting DNA we'll talk about today left the clue of $2 billion in the Wall Street Journal's bank account. Mm. Um, In short, breakthrough copywriting DNA is a collection of seven themes that have proven themselves to be big winners for copywriters across a wide variety of industries for a long period of time. And a few of them are featured in our second Accessing Emotion series, an occasional series we just started and we're doing now. And these are a new kind of emotional action sequence that we're going to present today as a feature in this episode. But first, let's feature this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Okay, so ready to jump into today's type of emotional action sequence? I am. And if this is any kind of follow-up to what we went into last week, this is going to be a phenomenal episode. So yes, I'm absolutely ready. Well, good. Yeah, it's really different, but it's it's definitely um, at least as moving. So just as a reminder, emotional action sequences are, are templates for telling simple stories in your copy that lead your prospects through different defined and predetermined powerful emotions. And they serve two purposes. First, to get prospects out of their heads and into their feelings. And as we were talking about last week, Nathan, you need emotion to create motivation and motion in people. You need it in music, of course. You need it in movies. You need it when you're giving a talk to a team or an audience. You need emotion to motivate people to do anything. And one thing people especially need a particular kind of motivation for is buying. And you can help provide that with getting people emotional. Secondly, the particular emotions in these sequences not only get prospects out of their heads and emotional, it also gets them into a 
particular emotional state that makes them much more likely to buy. So it's not just get them emotional. It's be very conscious of which emotions you're trying to evoke. Yeah, because if if you think about it, it's like you can use um, emotions like a Molotov cocktail, right? (laughs) Or you can use emotions like a compass, right? Like a GPS. We're, We're trying to use them as a GPS because we want to lead them to a place where they go, yeah, that makes sense. I'll buy that, right? Okay. So where did you come up with or where did you kind of develop these ideas? Well, I developed them for my $5,000 a seat breakthrough copywriting seminar in Las Vegas. But before I released them to anyone else, I gave those people a 10-year head start on the marketplace. So I figured they could get their investment back many times over. And then I released them in my book, Breakthrough Copywriting, which went on to be a number one bestseller. And people have told me that what we're going to talk about today is so useful that I wanted to share some of them on the podcast. Nice. And you can find more of them on in Breakthrough Copywriting in the book, which is available for all of 12 bucks on Amazon. You can get it as a Kindle or as a paperback. Sweet. So let's go ahead and jump into it then. Yeah. The, the, the one other thing I want to say is I think we've come to an agreement that you need emotion. The question is, why, why even talk about it? Okay, so yeah, I need emotion. Because I think most people aren't doing a very effective job with it. I, I critique a lot of copy for a lot of people. I did stuff for GKIC, Agora Financial, a lot of individual mentoring clients. Uh, some of the big names don't want me to mention their big names. Call on me for private advice, and I'm glad to give them that privately. And I didn't even get paid $130,000 for a non-disclosure or anything. I just do it. But every, you know, everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. And some of the very, very small percentage of the people really, well, one, one uh, former client of mine who I'm in touch with you know, still today, uh, Chris Haddad, I mean, he's a master of this. He could teach me stuff because he's just, you know, but most people aren't like that. Most people don't have that strength. And I've seen the, there are several problems people have with their copy. One is there's not really a lot of emotion. I was looking at something earlier this week, very bright, successful guy, but his copy, especially for the subject he was writing about was too logical. There needed to be a lot more emotion in it. Sometimes there is emotion, but it's, hypey it's so over the top it's not believable it it sounds like billy mays coming into your kitchen at eight o'clock on sunday morning you haven't even had your first cup of coffee yet like whoa down tiger you know (laughs) and (laughs) and then sometimes the emotion is so sappy it's so contrived it's just not believable it doesn't ring true and it ruins the magic of the rest of the copy so that's why these emotional action sequences to help people refine what they're already doing or to get them to start doing it in the first place. I think that, uh, I think that what comes to mind for me is I see this as being a very powerful tool that if you don't use it, you're not going to get any results. But if you put it into the hands of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, it could also end up in disastrous results. And that's why I really like what you're, what you're teaching us here is because you're not only telling us what the tool is, but you're also laying out a very 
a, a very detailed instructions on how to use the tool so it doesn't end up blowing up in our face. Well, thanks. Yeah, I I, I guess that's true. Uh, um, I've <laughs> I've I've seen a lot of people who who get disastrous results by you know not being very conscious, not just making a a half baked effort where they think, oh well, I'm gonna. Right. I'm going to tell someone about my product. I'm going to get emotional about it and they'll buy it. Uh, uh, no, no, there's more to it than that. All right. So, so these are DNA. Like I said, they're breakthrough copywriting DNA. And rather than trying to imagine the double helix and all the chromosomes and all the maps of DNA, just, just think of a theme, like a theme of a story. And That'll that'll make it easier, but it's it's a theme that's woven in the same way DNA is woven into our cells. So the first one is called the secret formula for success and prestige. This is a big one. This this is a real big one. First of all, the Wall Street Journal letter, which was the greatest tract ad in history, and you know that letter, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's um you can find it online very easily. It was mailed for 23 years. It made more money than any other ad whose performance has been tracked and recorded. In history, $2 billion with a B, billion. Okay, so there's the Wall Street Journal letter, which basically tells a story of a college reunion, the two young men. And it's the 25th reunion, and they'd known each other in college, and they had similar families and they actually worked for the same company. And one guy was the president and one guy was a little manager in a little department at at the company. And then the letter says, what was the difference? Well, the president, and I'm paraphrasing here, the president read the wall street journal. And you know, the, the idea here of course, is that reading the wall street journal is the secret formula to make you successful and prestigious, i.e. CEO of a company, okay? They never really said it, but it was pretty strongly implied. So that's one example, but you know the book Think and Grow Rich? Yeah, one of my all-time favorite books, actually. Yeah, me too. And 20 million other people feel the same way because that's how many copies have been sold. I think maybe more. Well, think about that book. Isn't that book also about the secret formula for success and prestige? Mm, and, and that book was, it was mainly an investigation to the secrets of the already successful. So it was, it was very much the whole selling point of that book. The whole, once you start reading it and, and all the way to the end, the whole thing of that is this is the secret formula that people who are already successful and prestigious are using in their life. and. Um, yeah, the whole book is about their secret formulas for how they became su- successful and prestigious. Yeah, exactly. Now, it's interesting. If you look at the Wall Street Journal, the, I think the only way they use the word mastermind is to describe criminal operations, hmm. right? If you look at Think and Grow Rich, there's a little mention of Andrew Carnegie in Wall Street, but they really don't talk about stocks or stock prices. In other words, these two, these, these two things are, have very little in common, really. 
but they have the same DNA thread because it's the same promise. It's the same story. It's the same hero's journey. And you could look at it this way, that the Wall Street Journal letter is for corporate employees who want to climb the corporate ladder of an existing corporate structure. And Think and Grow Rich is more like an entrepreneurial manual or maybe even um, an entrepreneurial dream board, which, which you know tells you how to fill in your own blanks. Um, so one's corporate, one's entrepreneurial. Both of them are the secret formula for success and prestige. And that's how the DNA works. It can adapt to any form. So for our, our example, you know, the Wall Street Journal letter is, I think, well, among copywriters, it might even be better known than Think and Grow Rich. But th this DNA is used a lot in different promotions. Most high-end public seminars have some version of this DNA in their marketing, whether it's a seminar for copywriting or marketing or personal growth or some other specialized niche, you'll off, often find a version of this DNA threading through the marketing materials for the event. Mm, yeah, I think uh, I, I think of like the Facebook ads for rich dad, poor dad, or I think of the Facebook ads for um, even like the uh, how to invest in uh, real estate. Uh, I, I see the same, the same thing of here's the secrets. Here's the secret formula that people used in this particular niche in order to be successful. It's it's uh, it's very much the same. Like you said, it's the same DNA. It takes a different form, but it's the same. Uh, it's the same skeleton that that it's based upon. Yeah, and by the way, I love the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's another book, and and that and has that that book has turned into a whole empire of seminars, products, other books, a board game, right? The same DNA, yeah, perfect example. That's great. All right, so that's that's breakthrough copywriting DNA type one, type two, and this one's very cool, very different from the first one. First one's cool, but I think this one's very cool. It's DNA type number two. Your unrecognized greatness has been discovered. Mm. So your unrecognized greatness has been discovered. Every, every word's important there. Not your greatness, not, not your unrecognized, all of it has been discovered. See, my contention is the underlying reason people pay thousands of dollars for expensive watches, hundreds of thousands of dollars for luxury cars, millions of dollars for yachts. Why? Well, they believe they're great, or maybe they're insecure. They want to believe they're great. They're not sure, but they know, they are very sure they're not getting the recognition for it. And they think by flashing the watch or driving the car or appearing on the yacht, their greatness will be discovered by the rest of the world. Everyone's going to see them and they say, oh man, he's got a Philippe Patek watch. He must be great. <laughs> so... At a, I say a more primal level than, than just watches or cars or yachts, which are pretty external. I think most people have a feeling that there is greatness inside them and it has not been suitably recognized by the world. And that's why this is such a powerful theme to put in your copy. Personal story, when I was a little yeah. kid, I used to practice karate out in the front lawn because I was hoping that like 
we, we lived in Los Angeles at the time. I was always hoping that a movie executive would drive by seeing me practice with my nunchucks and be like, hey, that kid, he's going to be the next karate kid. So I know that for me, that's definitely a very powerful motivator. And I'm, expect, uh, I'm suspecting that uh, for a lot of people out there, wanting to have the greatness that they feel inside recognized by the rest of the world, uh, it's, it's, it's a huge motivator for why we do a lot of the silly things that we do. That, yeah, that is such a great example. I, I, can, I can just see you out there you know, <laughs> doing your karate chops and your kicks. Oh, yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I mean, so, you know, people imagine or sense their own greatness in different ways. I mean, some people, you know, if someone gets up on stage because they want to be there, obviously they think they're, a great performer there might be i mean there there are some stories of scientists who they just spend all of their time in the lab they don't want any recognition at all but um you know some of them won nobel prizes they're 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 looking if they're looking for recognition they're looking to get recognized in a different way for a different thing and you know there are I mean, many many other examples in many other fields can I add something? And I think this is going to go into what I'm suspecting you're going towards next. Okay. So I know that my dad, and I noticed this a lot, and even in myself, this is, starting to, this is starting to be something that I'm looking into as I get older. Uh, before my dad passed away, he, he got really involved in looking up his genealogy. He wanted to know about his ancestors. He wanted to know about uh, where he came from, and he started telling us stories about what his great grandfather did and um, what his family had done. And now that I'm getting older, um, I'm starting to look into where does my family name come from? Where does my ancestry come from? What is my family all about? So maybe if I don't find greatness in myself, maybe I can find greatness in my tribe. Maybe I can find greatness in my family. And I know that there's a, a brilliant example of copywriting that probably everybody's going to know that kind of appeals to this. And I'm suspecting that's kind of where you're going to go next with this. Man, you're intuitive. Yes, that's right. Um, the, the example I want to give is Gary Halbert's famous coat of arms letter. It was mailed more than 600 million times now this is in the u.s and there were only around 200 250 million people in the u.s so that means they mailed it more than one time for each person i mean it was profitable and i've i've gotten one you've gotten one perhaps the the idea is this coat of arms what is a coat of arms well in europe the people the families that had coats of arms were considered special royalty, maybe almost semi or demigods, you know? And so therefore, if you have, if your family has a coat of arms, then your family must be really special. Therefore, you must be someone special. In other words, since you just found out that there's a coat of arms for your family, there's unrecognized greatness that has just been discovered. And they sold a lot of these. I, I don't know how many, but I'm sure millions upon millions upon millions because it's appealing. Well, it was very well done. You know, everything Gary did about it was very, 
well executed, but also as important is the theme. And I think, you know, your unrecognized greatness has been discovered is, you know, that's an example of, of why that's such a powerful theme. Because mm, not only has it been discovered, now you can actually put it on display. That's right. Oh, yeah. Good point. It's, it's been discovered here. Here's proof. See, you see that coat of arms up there on my wall? That's proof. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the unrecognized greatness has been discovered. It's a very powerful example of copy, breakthrough copywriting DNA. Yeah. And let's talk about the third one. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Let's talk about the third one. It's called, You Worked Hard and You Deserve a Reward. Well, duh. But actually, there's, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Let's start with Social Security as a public sector expression of this. Let's talk about 401ks or other private pension plans as a private sector expression. The, these, now, these are actual functional, at least for the moment, functional things. But you know, they're also expressing a certain belief. In addition to, you know, paying out money to people, they're expressing a certain belief. You get this because you worked hard. I mean, very few people think of Social Security as welfare. They don't think of it as being a trust fund baby kind of thing. They think of it as this is money you earned, you worked hard, and so you deserve a reward. Okay. So, you might say, yeah, but what about the four-hour work week? What about the 10-minute workday? That sounds like not working hard to make money. Well, I don't know. I think everyone would like an easier way. They'd always like a way to make themselves an exception. But most people deep down believe you have to work hard first, and then you get rewarded for your hard work. I think a lot of people also view themselves as hardworking. So uh, even if they only work four hours a day, they still view themselves as being somebody who's a hard worker and they still deserve that reward for the hard work. Uh, I think so. And I also think that that's the reality. I mean, the richest and the most successful people I know work their asses off, period. Now, they work smart. They have other people doing a lot of the heavy lifting for them, but they're doing some pretty heavy lifting. And it's my own experience. Once I learned the things that were really valuable that I could do. And once I learned to do them really well, that's when the best rewards came for me. So here's the example of using this in copy because everything we're talking about is, you know, kind of all over the map. It's Joe Carbo's Lazy Man's Way to Riches. Now, you may have heard of the book, but you may know if you've really dug into swipe files and historical ads and so forth, 
also is there was a newspaper ad, full broadsheet newspaper ad, like the size of the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, USA Today, a full page. And Joe Carbo ran that all over the country in newspapers everywhere. He kept running it over and over again. Now, no direct response advertiser runs something over and over again unless it's making money. So obviously it worked. And yeah, you could say the lazy man's way to riches is a very positive appeal. But the DNA of the ad is what I'm thinking about. Not the USP, not the big promise, but the DNA. He starts the ad by saying he used to work long hours every week and he was still behind on his bills. But once he discovered his lazy man's way to riches, everything changed. He started making a lot of money and had plenty of time to do other things besides work. Here's the part I want to focus on for just just a second. I think an important part of what made the copy work was that he showed how he earned the right to make a lot of money doing less work by first working hard, very hard. And his reward was not to live on the beach and do nothing. His reward was the privilege of doing less and earning more. So I think that's a very powerful theme and a very powerful DNA type. Mm. I, you know, I, I'm reminded of something. I want to say it was Mark Ford. I think I read it on early to rise. I want to say it was one of his campaigns, um, but I might be mistaken, but I remember reading about a campaign that was written for a financial investment agency. And it was for, for like when you get into your retirement age and the way that they were selling it at first was uh, a gentleman passing away and uh, being able to leave his wife and his daughter the, the money to be taken care of. It was very much written for the protector. You want to make sure that once you're not around to take care of them, they're still taken care of. You're still remembered as the guy that was the provider. You're still being able to provide. And they were having slumping sales with it. And they, it was the same product, but they changed the way that the copy was written. And instead of writing it as you'll still be remembered as the protector, they wrote it as you've worked your whole life and now it's your, it's your time to enjoy yourself. And instead of, uh, instead of having that money be spent on somebody else, you worked hard. You deserve to enjoy your retirement years and we'll make sure that you have the money to take care of yourself since you worked so hard. And they saw an, an immediate increase in the amount of people buying in to that financial package and it was all because of this exact DNA type. You worked hard. You deserve a reward, which went against what they had been doing for years and years and years, which was you worked hard. Make sure your loved ones are taken care of. They, they went to the selfish appeal of you worked hard. You deserve the reward. And they saw an immediate increase in, uh, in the amount of people buying into this particular package. Well, that, that's, that's a perfect case example. It's perfect proof. Yeah. So that's the third one. And, you know, what I, what I want people to realize is it's very easy as a copywriter to, to find evidence and to, you know, get sort of seduced into the trap of thinking, well, people are lazy. They don't want to work hard. And it, while that is true, there is a sort of a moral, moral sense that most people have. And I'm not trying to be moralistic here. What I'm saying is most people feel like, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of 
like to get away with not having to do anything. But I know in reality, I have to work hard. And, and so you can sell to that. You, you just don't, you, you want you to focus on the reward and you want to put the hard work as much as you can in the past mm-hmm. in your story. As as uh, Mark Ford, uh, you know, did in that example, that's great. All right, so want to wrap it up? We can recap. Yeah let's, yeah, let's go ahead and recap what we went through on today's episode. Cool. So, first thing I want to say is these breakthrough copywriting DNA types are more than just useful templates for increasing emotion in your copy. They're universal themes that have been proven to work in highly successful track sales letters and ads. But you can also find them in great works of literature, as well as movies and TVs, and I bet in hit songs too. I bet you'll find that these themes actually are in the most successful music. What's important about them is that they resonate with people at a deep level. And when you use them correctly, they can multiply your sales from any piece of copy. So keep them in mind the next time you put some copy together. Here are the three that we covered today. The secret formula for success and prestige. Your unrecognized greatness has been discovered and you worked hard and you deserve a reward. So if people want to get more of these, I know that uh, I know that this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Where can people go to find out more of these breakthrough copywriting DNA types? Yeah, there's four more and it's in chapter 10 of breakthrough copywriting. And, you know, the best news is when you get chapter 10, you get all other 12 chapters too as a free bonus. No, the whole book's 12 bucks. You can get it on Amazon. Okay. I'm going to say, first of all, I have an autographed copy of the book. So I feel like my unrecognized great uh, unrecognized greatness has been discovered. Thank you for that, David. But fantastic book. People definitely need to check that out. Uh, what do we have coming up next week? Or do we have anything yet? I'm still working on a few ideas. So I can't tell you yet. Mm, so it's going to have to be a surprise. So make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes. Make sure that you're checking out the website over at copywriterspodcast.com. And we'll check you. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.